Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I'm ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, then let's go! Woohoo! Where's it alive, baby? September double deuce! 2021, yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuffin, holding down the Sports Honcho's board here in the great state of New York. It's time to bring on your favorite honcho of mine, Mr. Robert Cuny. How are you this evening, sir? Greetings and salutations, everybody. And hey, my ear itches. I just want everybody to know that, but I got the headphones on. And it's going to really bother me throughout this entire show. Just wanted to make that abundantly clear. Well, you and know, that's how I was. That's how I am. At least you can scratch that itch. I, I'm, deal, I'm dealing with a bit of swimmer's ear. So I got I can only hear half of you tonight. What? So got antibiotics in my ear, a little tube, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, antibiotics. You know, if I don't you answer ever... you, I don't answer you uh, 50 50, it's either I don't care or I can't hear. You. I would say it's more 90 10 on the not caring part. <laughs> so question, buddy. You ever walk into the doctor's office and ask for some biotics? Nope. Because, you know, no one ever asked for biotics. It's always antibiotics. Never uncle biotics, just antibiotics, you know. How come no one ever asked for those? Anyway. I'm sorry, why did you say I didn't hear anything you just said? I said no. I'm out of jokes now. I'm done. Buddy, happy 40th episode. Thank you. 40. I remember being 40. You know, when Do Abe you? Lincoln and I were running the streets together, uh-huh. those are some good times. Uh, try to save the union. Good times. Oh, no, that, that was... That was I, I didn't know him then. I knew him before. When he was when he was doing his union stuff, I was out. You can in law school together, right? No. I said, Don't go to law school. It's a big mistake. And don't give me this don't give me this I'm gonna be president Michigas. Come on, that's a job you don't want. And then I said, What's with the hat? And then after that we never spoke again. Oh man. Good old Abe. So you know if Abe had been doing a podcast instead of going to live theater, well, Maybe we wouldn't have some of the trouble we have in this country today. Yeah. Oh, why? There are troubles today? I don't know. Are there troubles today? I heard this podcast last week that says we're going to war with China any minute now. Because, <laughs> you know, our, our our hockey prowess has made them very uncomfortable. So, you know, good times. Well, they were all hanging out at the U.N. the last couple of days, so maybe they passed things out. Maybe they shot the puck around over at the garden. Sure. Yeah. That's a good idea. We can't come to an agreement. Let's go, you know, get out our frustrations with a hockey puck, well, as the great Don Rickles would say. Is he still with us, by the way, Don Rickles? Alive I, or dead? I believe so. Wow. I believe so. But uh, I don't know. Why don't you Google it, man? Let's see. Hold on, everybody. Let's, let's find out if Don Rickles, as you would research. say, is still signing autographs. Yeah, I hope I didn't put him in the ground prematurely. Well, I didn't say he was dead. I asked if he was dead. Donnie Rickles. Donnie Oh, look. Oh, sad face. Donald Rickles was an American stand-up comedian. He died uh, four years ago. So. You know, I saw him live opening for Mr. Uh, Franklin hope... Sinatra at the Nassau Coliseum right here on the longest of islands. 
You saw back in both, the nineties. I both did both Rickles and Sinatra. I did. Wow, wow, that is that is quality entertainment right there. What year was this? Pray tell. It was nineteen ninety earlyish. I would say ninety one, ninety two, ninety three. Before I went to Colorado. No, you and you Rickles and Sinatra, old Blue Eyes himself. Wow, that's Six a hot row, party. baby. Me and my hockey buddy Sean actually got the tickets. Don was very funny. Frank's son was running the uh, the orchestra, and old man Frank uh, was using the teleprompter. God bless wow. him. But he was out there doing it, man. He was doing it. How did he, how did he sound? Sounded fantastic. Yeah. I don't, you know, to me, just to be in the same building with young, as the, well, old as the Frank, chairman. Say. Yeah, the chairman. Yeah. Not Whitey so. Ford, the other chairman of the board. Yes, you're right. Yes. No, it was great, man. So I have that in my... Uh, my bucket list. Go see Frank Sinatra and Don Rickles before they pass away. Check. Well, clearly, Check. I'm not going to be able to do that. Check. Not with right a there. time machine. Good job. <laughs> They're working on that, right? Time machine. A time machine? I hope so. I mean, they say we got uh, aliens and UFOs now. Confirmed. Yeah. I'd like to clear up a few things from my past. So when that time machine <laughs> comes out, if somebody could give me a call, that would be great. Or have they already invented it, come back, and I've already corrected, and this is the best I'm going to get? That's a mind-blowing thought. Uh, Matrix Matrix Resurrection doesn't come out until December, okay, pal? Uh, Have you seen the preview for that, by the way? It looks fantastic. Yeah, the only thing I wish... uh... I was kidding. Who I love is no. I just Here's wish he had to tie the hair back because it looks like it's John Wick is in the Matrix now. Exactly. That's what I said to people. Now, all I, I would have asked Wick... for was just he could have just got a ponytail, slicked it back tight, wore the black glasses, or or just I shaved. can't get John Wick out of my. It's John Wick in the Matrix. Sh- shaved and cut his hair. That's right. It looks like John Wick walked. No, in don't cut the, the hair. Don't cut the hair. He didn't have to cut the hair because we've got mm-hmm. seventeen more John Wick movies coming. He can't right. do that. True. But ponytail, shave, would have worked for me. You're right. But it does look like he wandered into the wrong set, and they said, yes. hey, while you're here, <laughs> why don't you make a, you know, shoot a few frames of Matrix and then go back and do some, you know, John You know the eight. dog's going to walk across the screen, right? The screen, right? Bulldog's got to, you know, or the whatever. What's he, what he got in the John Wick movie? Was that Bulldog or is it a? You mean the one that was killed in the first episode? No, first the, episode. The, the, Listen the to me. The first one. Movie. I can't remember what kind of dog he had. But the real question What's the is, what the dog that great... kills everybody? What's the name of the dog that kills everybody in real life? Everybody has him. A Doberman? A no, Rottweiler? not the Doberman. The other one. The Rottweiler? No, not the Rottweiler. Pitbull? Yeah. No, uh, is that what it is? No, not I, I, I'm, I'm out. I'm out of uh, Poodle? No. <laughs> the uh, pug. Chihuahua? Oh, the deadly pug. <laughs> oh, God. Look, we can only hope if, if this is a John Wick Matrix mashup that the great Ian McShane will walk onto the set as well. He and Larry Fishburne will throw down a little bit. Well, they can have a reunion since, you know, the fish was part of at least two of the of the uh, John Wick movies. Or maybe it was just one. I can't remember. They all now they're all now bleeding together. It's just John, it's Keanu Reeves beating up bad guys. It's all the same. Uh, Lawrence, I believe, is in the last two. OK. Has to do with the Continental. Right. First and the two, birds. the first, the first one was he goes fights the Russians, gets revenge. The dog. Yeah. The second one he has to go over to Europe, right. and yep. And then the third one he ends up in the continent, right. and so on and so forth. All right. 
Yeah. Worlds so, colliding. Worlds colliding. Yeah. I don't know if I'm down for it. But anyway, it's uh it's time for the headlines and make your do lines. Right wow. here on the sports hotshots. Before we get into the uh the sports portion we of the show. Sacco sports is what we got for us tonight there. Mr. Cutie. You know, I just want to tell Mr. and Mrs. America. That's so loud. For a guy who, who... I got your front row seats in a circus, buddy. A guy who hates the penis talk as much as you do delights in sending me stuff to read on the podcast. So this is your fault. I just want to say... Oh, you're doing it, aren't you? Of course. How could I not? How could I good not? Man, this guy. Good man. Love I'm telling it. you, man. Hey, Halloween's coming. Hey. <laughs> Pardon have, the pun. Have we got Wait a costume you. for you. Wait till you hear the story. Moms, dads, if you're out at Party City, you're probably not going to find this particular costume. <laughs> but if you're looking for something fun, something unusual, and something that all adults and kids will be talking about for the rest of the season, may I, may we, your penis honchos, <laughs> offer up not a skeleton costume, oh no, but the skeleboner costume. <laughs> The skeleton onesie with a boner. That's right. Not a mistake. Not a gaff. Not a blooper. But an actual erect schminky. And it's not just, lest you think, well, it's just a cheap gag. It's it's a suit that just has a you know a flat penis like attached to the leg. It's all part of the co- no 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 oh no 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 no. It's a doppelganger. <laughs> The Skeleboner comes with not just a faux phallus between the legs. It is not designed for the wearer to put their real phallus in. They wanted you to know that. But a hand pump (laughs) to achieve the full, and these are words I never thought I would say, the full skeletal erection. Fantastic. Good times. So you're walking around fully erect. All perpendicular. I don't and know if you want to wear that going trick-or-treating now. It might be well, something for the well, house party. But with just the think adults. of it that way. If you, if you go trick-or-treating, your hands are free because you know where you can put your bag. <laughs> Trick-or-treat. It's my penis. <laughs> well, I'm telling you where they can go see pictures of this damn thing. Uh, where's, it, where's, where's the column from? Uh, where can you see pictures of this damn thing? Uh, what is this? Boing, boing. Boing, boing.net. There you go. where this was found. Um, and when you sent this to me, the end part of the story was about the comments on the Spirit, Hall- oh, it's Spirit Halloween website. That's what it is. Um, the author of this particular piece from Boing Boing, um, oh, Spirit Halloween, Halloween Express, and Fun World. That's where you can find these. Said one of the comments about this particular costume was one parent's first grader was the life of the party. Skeleboner does not come in teen sizes. And as the author writes, solid parenting there. So, hey, don't let your first grader dress as a skeleton with a full erection. That's an important safety tip. A PSI from your pals at the Sports On Shows. Good stuff. Yeah. You got you got to go check it out, folks. You got to you, you got to see it to believe it. Yeah. It's I don't, we don't mean we don't mean the erection, we mean the costume itself. The costume, I mean, you know, yes. You know, course now is the pump included or you have to get the pump yourself i don't know why it it looks like the pump is included wow i doesn't say how much the costume is but whatever it is i have two words three words for you well 
worth it. So my last year teaching on Halloween, I'm going to be rocking the Skeletoner costume. I can't wait till I'm in, oh, till I'm no. giving zero fucks in my last year of teaching. Right you know, I'm, I'm I... actually performing a brunch show that afternoon on uh, hey, actually Halloween Saturday the 30th. So I might, um, maybe it'll be uh, a little uh, extra spicy that day for brunch. Not only your, will your Bloody Marys be spicy, but hey, Paulie's hey, costume. And something to stir those Bloody Marys with. You know, <laughs> October 30th. It's this guy's birthday, so happy birthday! Is it to really? Me. Yes, sir. We've known each other what? I don't know. Twenty minutes. Hold on. Forty At least episodes. An hour and a half. No, forty episodes. Forty episodes. Couple interviews on Yahoo Sports Radio. A lot of texts back and forth. A few texts back and forth. I appeared on your show emails. once. Yeah, and I let you well, on my show once. I did. Yeah, I, I took it over and destroyed it. What was that? That I, hockey show, right? You you talked some capitals on that. Yeah, show. we were talking the caps. I don't know what yeah. the fuck I was talking about, but I sounded dreamy. You always do, pal. And people are right. like, "Who was that asshole you have talking about the caps?" Never have him on again. <laughs> uh, we got time for me. one more story. Doesn't mean that was Joe. That oh, was Joe. Okay. Joe, Probably. we love Mocha Joe. Yeah, we love Joe. We love Mocha. Joe's a, he's ty- he's tyrannical though. Great producer. Every now tyrannical. and again, he favorites our tweets. He's a good he's a good man that way. He enjoyed. The tweet I sent uh, with the live look in of, you know, the Jimmy Kenny band. Yes. So should we, we have time for one more story? Yes, we do, sir. All right. This is from Newsweek. Headline. Woman finds human finger after biting into fast food burger. Well, this doot, is doot, old doot, news. Doot, doot. Uh, it, it's, not, it's not that this it's old news. happens all the time. It happens all the time, this crazy love of mine, and finding burgers, or Ooh, fingers in my burgers. Little punch, nice. Like that? Hold on. Okay. Uh, last week, a Bolivian woman claimed in a now viral Facebook post that she found a severed human finger inside her fast food hamburger. The restaurant was temporarily closed and fined in light of the, quote, unfortunate incident. I would say they're downplaying this just a smidge by using the phrase, unfortunate incident. In the September 12th Facebook post, Stephanie Benitez shared that she and a friend were enjoying a meal at the Santa Cruz de la Sierra location of Hot Burger, a Bolivian fast food chain, when she discovered that her meal contained a human finger. Unfortunately, the gruesome discovery wasn't made till after she'd taken her first bite. Uh, the, the post, which contains graphic photos and a video, of course, wow. from the incident, has received nearly 4,000 likes, more than 4,400 shares, and the videos have received upwards of 100,000 views. She can be heard on one of the videos saying, here we are at the magnificent hot burger where my finger ended up, or not my finger, a finger ended up in my burger. Uh, The store manager rushed over and said, please tell me what you want and we will give it to you. Nothing like this has ever happened to us before. I'm sure it hasn't. And nor would you admit. That's what he said? I would have been like, everybody... Except yeah. this woman here has to leave the building. I'm calling the police because we're going to have... And every employee here right now is not allowed to leave the building. Don't say, he, I want to give you something else. Because the person who put the finger in there... Unless, what, oh, are you wait. telling me it was, is, it oh, was in the meat? It gets better. Oh. So so the people in this store, the after even though he said this, what can I do to make this better? Obviously scared out of his mind. Uh Everyone continued to operate as though nothing had happened. A uh, spokesperson for the food chain, for the fast food chain, referred to the situation, quote, again, as an unfortunate incident and claimed that an employee 
lost part of his finger while preparing the meat. Now, let me just call a timeout here. If you lose a finger while you're preparing the burgers, wouldn't you stop and say, hey, uh, manager, yeah, I got nine fingers now. And I believe my finger is somewhere in that pile of meat. Where is so this, in Maryland? I, is this in Maryland? No, it's in Bolivia, pal. Oh, sorry. So before you slap those burgers on the grill, you see that burger that has little protrusion that looks like it's giving you the thumbs up? That's my finger. We probably shouldn't serve that one to a customer. But no, lost a finger. Hey, I've got nine more. Let's just keep the trains rolling. Uh, the Bolivian vice minister for the defense of user and consumer rights temporarily closed and fined the branch. I should hope so. Wait, Whether or not Benitez will pursue legal action at this time is unknown. I would say a thousand percent yes, she'll be suing the hot burger chain. I would. Um, ton. One of uh, there is a couple more stories related. You said well, this happens you know all why. the time because it happens all the time. Right, this crazy love of mine. There's another the reference again. 2012, a Michigan teen found a severed finger inside of his Arby's sandwich. The restaurant also continued operating normally, despite the fact that an employee's finger had wound up inside a customer's meal. Again, how does this happen? If you lose a finger, look, my son, Noah, the younger one, worked at a, a restaurant over the summer. And he lost Seafood his finger restaurant. and served it? No. Oh, but he was God. chopping up, I can't remember what he was chopping, onions, tomatoes, something. Broccoli. And he cut like he cut like the tip of his finger off, you know. Um, and it, it everything came to a grinding halt. And they didn't See, say, "Oh, you lost, stop because you the, lost that, the tip." That, that part of the finger looks like a pistachio. On but a salad, still, it's nice. My, right? No, fortunately, nobody ate his finger. But the point is, it was a, a sliver of his finger. They stopped what they were doing. They got him medical attention. They didn't just say, "Well, we'll just hope." Fingers crossed <laughs> that your digits are not in this whatever vegetable you were chopping up. So you chop a finger off, and I saw the picture. It's not just, you know, a little, like, Ronnie Lott-like right above the knuckle there. It's, you know, a good half of a finger. And unless you, your burger's that fat, and I know nobody can see this but you, I'm holding my fingers a few inches apart, it's hard to hide a finger. So if somebody cuts off their finger and you keep going as if nothing has happened, whistling past the old graveyard... You know, you deserve to get sued for, you know, everything you have. So I don't know how it happens. My advice to all of you, when you go out for a burger, before you take a bite, just, you know, sift through it a bit. Stick your fork in there and see if you Because as Poco says. You know, it, it happens all the time. Yes. Just so everybody understands. There it Here is. Here we go. Because fingers... And appendages and food don't mix. It happens all the time, as you'll find out right now. It happens all the time. This crazy burger of mine. I don't know. Episode forty, right? No, but hold on a second. Episode forty. We found a way to get Poco's crazy love into the sports hunter show. Unscripted. You know, when I do my, I almost said my show, when, I, when I'm teaching my class, there are so many references that I drop, and I'm, I'm thinking, and I say to them, if you're under the age of 100, you're not going to get any of these. And they don't. I'll reference movies, songs, TV shows, and it's just crickets. <laughs> but, but I don't wait. See, the secret is I don't stop and say, it happens all this time, this crazy love of mine, and just look at them. I just keep on moving, keep the train moving. Now, you can't see me, but 
I'm doing the Yacht Rock next six. There you go. You're a sick man. Yeah. <laughs> Now, see the ah, that's when now, the guy cut his finger off. He's going, right. ah. We, Poco, we that's, that's Messina from Longins and Messina, right? And what members of the Eagles, Eagles are in Poco? Which guy? Come on. Is it Randy Meisner? No. He, Randy might have but come on. He's still Timothy in the Eagles Schmitz? now. Timothy yeah, B. Schmidt. You got it. Bing. Okay. See, I don't have the bell. You should give yourself the bell. There you go. Thank you. All right. Great song. Great band. For those easy listening fans out there. Our sports honchos, easy listening fans. There you go. Episode 40. Write it yep. down. Rob and Paul got crazy We got, we got Loggins and Messina for the win. We got them in there. Good stuff. All right, pal. Well, you know, this is a sports show. And as always, we start with the drums for some college football, baby. It's back. Is it week 19 already? It's, it's almost done, three. right? The it's balls almost, start next week, right? It's almost week 19. We Playoffs have, are Monday night, right? Championship? No? Maybe a little bit longer than then you think. Is there but, anybody left alive on the Notre Dame team? Yes. Did Kelly Nobody's, killed them all? Nobody. Kelly hasn't Any killed anybody yet. Members? Hasn't killed anybody yet. As the great Jack Palance said in City Slickers, day ain't over yet. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um... This week we have some more of the, you know, uh, intra-squad, cupcake, crossover conference games. Then starting with the fifth week, you've got some of your big-time uh, inter-conference or intra-conference games. We'll talk about that on the next exciting showgram. I can tell you the this. only thing we're going to talk about tonight is the brawls in the stands. I know we're not. We Frontier did that last justice. week. Justice. We did that last week. Frontier oh, Justice it, was episode there thirty-nine. We're fighting this weekend again. Yeah, but there's always fighting. Oh, no, We're fighting. not like it is now. Well, that's because, you know, again, you keep people in their house for the better part of 18 months and you let them out. They're going to go knocking futs. All right. You're starting with the B- we're going to do every single game, right? So we're going to start with BYU. We'll just start from the bottom uh, up <laughs> and work our way to the top. Look, I'm going to give you the uh, from the staring from above overview. This has already, after three weeks, been a great college football season for one reason, and that is there is no dominant force out there. Even Alabama, at number one, which squeaked by Florida, who is currently number 11, is not as dominant. You got Georgia and Alabama at one and two. Neither one looks like a world beater. Look at some of the usual suspects. Clemson, Ohio State at nine and ten. Ohio State bounces back from their loss at or- you know, to Oregon at home and barely beats Tulsa, right? Uh, Clemson has scored, I think, less than 30 points in their three games, but they have a tremendous defense, which is how they keep staying in these games. But looking at the top 10, Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, Oklahoma, Iowa, Penn State, A&M, Cincinnati. So here we go again, folks, with the – Cincinnati will never be able to get into the playoffs as long as it's four teams. We'll hear that all season. Clemson and Ohio State rounding out the top ten. So it's a wide open year. And it's not it's nice because we don't have six or five games for some teams. We've got a full college season. We have some changes at the quarterback position with two of our usual suspects, three actually, with Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. And look where we are. 
There's no team that has established itself this early as they're on one side and everybody else. It's the field versus Alabama. So without any world beaters, it's going to keep everybody's interest. Uh, this weekend, the only big games are A&M versus Arkansas, which I guess qualifies as a big game. And Notre Dame-Wisconsin, that actually should be a really good game. Notre Dame has not looked at all like the number 12 team in the country in any of their games. So I would not be surprised if Wisconsin, I'll put this in quotes, were to upset Notre Dame. And we all know what will happen. God help us. If Notre Dame loses to Wisconsin, uh, Brian Kelly will have all his players executed. No. Uh, UCLA, after coming off the uh, LSU victory, is now lost to Fresno State and now is it finds itself at number twenty four. And even good old Kansas State is in the top twenty five. Three and oh, baby. So, you know, it's this is the kind of season you want. You don't want to come in and say, All right, it's gonna be Alabama, it's always Clemson, like Ohio this, State, Rob. Notre Dame. Well, come on, this is season. Not in the beginning. Want. Three games. In the beginning, in, it's always this way. Come on. In the beginning, you've got teams that already are way out ahead of the competition that you're like, no one's gonna catch them. How can they be, be way out if everybody's played three games? I'm saying in years past, you're, the teams that sit at the top are clearly miles above everybody else. That make sense. You can't be miles ahead of somebody if everybody's only played three games. Some three. four. That's it. Three. Three. That's it. So what are we talking about? You look. Well, why are we even talking about that? We'll just wait till week nine and say, well, let's <laughs> well, see yeah, how that would now. make a little more sense. I'll tell you what. Because then you have some ground. Wait. From now on, we're not going to talk about any leagues until they're at the last week of the season. Kansas we'll State is 3-0 and 25th ranked in the country. Games. Alabama's number one 3-0 in the country. It's the same goddamn freaking – they got the same well, damn record. Okay, but it's because – it's not because they're so much more powerful. It's because voters are like, oh, Alabama, yeah, I'll just put them at number one again. What the hell? Well, we talked Look, about this nothing last counts. year. This, the top teams are always going to be the top teams. Nothing matters until ESPN does their – college football playoff rankings. That's when it matters. And when is that again? That's usually like week six or seven. All right, so we're not going to so, talk college football until then. We're not going to talk any sports <laughs> until they're almost done. Oh, yeah. Well, Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right, you want, some, uh, you want some nuggets courtesy of The Athletic from this past week? I would some love some stuff. nuggets. All right, Alabama. speaking of Alabama. So let me ask you this. Speaking of the athletic, yes. do you have a subscription? I do. And I recommend everyone get a subscription. It's like three bucks a month or something like that. Really? It's only three bucks a month? Maybe it's seven. Are you sure? It's a, it's a single digit. Hmm. So they and, have and, some. And for that single, you get, you get all the athletic stuff. Everything. Podcasts. Uh, but articles, not, no, you're not. You're not just paying the subscription for college football. No, you you can get some cap stuff on there. I can some basketball. I get every sport the that's out there that they cover. So it's sure? always up on my computer every day. I check it in the morning, check it in the evening, see what's happening. You know, you get notifications and all that other stuff. Of that I don't get. I probably could. I could set that up on my phone. If I don't have the app on my phone, I could probably put that on there. Um, but yeah. Well, look at this, fifty percent off, exclusive access to the best newsroom. There You're you right. go, three dollars like- a month now. It's so its average is sixty dollars a month. So if you go now, the sports honchos not sponsored by the Athletic. I was going to say it sounds like we're doing a commercial for the Athletic, but we're not. Hey, if you're listening, 
you can use that and and tell them that the sports honcho sent you, and you'll get. Well, you know what? Nothing. The reason I'm giving them a little bit of a, a, a push here is because, as you would agree, they've got some just fantastic riders. They the do. Athletic. It's it's they phenomenal do. coverage. Um, there's a guy that works for that writes that covers the Washington area sports um, that I interviewed in the good old days. Well, back get him in, on you know, the show. The SB Nation. Okay, Mister. We don't want any show. guests. I'm happy to do it. You Mr. don't want to just talk to guests. me, and I certainly don't want to just talk to you. Get him on the show. I know. Okay. Well, I'd love to. I, you know, he, I should call him right survive. now. He wouldn't survive. Sure he would. Come on. How actually, many guests actually, have we had on you know the show? You know what's funny? He, here's a little inside baseball for you. So I, I had him on the show to talk about either the Wizards or the Caps. I can't remember which one it was. And he was kind of coy about coming on. And then he found out that I'm actually from this area. And then he was more than happy to talk to me. He thought he was just talking to some yokel who nothing about the the despair of being a Washington area sports fan. This was pre Stanley so Cup. He, for the he would definitely not want to be interviewed by me then. Yeah, because you know I give him the business. No, I think I'll just I'll pre-record the interview. He, no, and you I. know, we're gonna have to get like a sports <laughs> honchos waiver. <laughs> yeah, every guest we have will make one and one and only one appearance on the show. All right. Anyway, All right, speaking sorry. of Alabama, anyway, so you're really athletic for the ads, and you found yes. this column. Yes, I actually don't read. I just look at the pretty pictures. Alabama has won 32 consecutive games against the SEC East. That includes Florida. That goes back 4,000 days. They haven't lost since 2010. Uh, Clemson has scored this. Remember I said they're having trouble scoring points? Two touchdowns in two games against Division I opponents. They won. They lost 10-3 to Georgia and beat uh, Georgia Tech 14-8. As I said, thank God their defense is holding on the fort for them. Uh, Randy Etzel, who used to coach Maryland, who said Maryland was his dream job, even though he's from Pennsylvania, go figure, uh, retired. He was actually fired, but we know he was fired. Uh, they finally scored a point after losing 45 nothing to Fresno State and 49 nothing to Purdue. You uh, know, it's reports like these, because these guys eventually get into the NFL why the NFL is so bad because it starts in the college ranks. They did have and score. They did score 28 points against a division two opponent in 1973. No, no, this, this year. Oh, okay. So Congratulations. If you wonder why Randy Edsel got the can, it's because you got to actually score to win points. They were down 42, nothing at halftime to army. Uh, and then eventually lost 52 to 21, but Hey, they scored some points. Hey, do you All go right, to the Navy of, games down in Annapolis? Have I been? Do you go? Uh, I've actually never been. Up I in, should. Are you kidding me? That beautiful stadium. It is. You know what I've, incredible I've seen? Incredible city. I'm I've down seen my there. Son's, me and the guys from New York are down there playing, and we're driving past this beautiful stadium. It's Navy, and, and we're all sitting there. Man, There's a plane we don't outside. Have this. We don't have this in New York. We don't have big college teams. We don't have big college stadiums. We we don't have this stuff. And we're sitting and going, how lucky these folks down here get to watch these incredible spectacles, college football every weekend. And you're telling me you've never been to a game? You've Shame got on you, Mr. Cutie. Plenty of, I've seen more games at Madison Square Garden than I have at the Navy Marine Corps Stadium. You've got Madison Square Garden. You're at the old Nassau Coliseum. They don't play college football arenas. in the garden. Nobody cares about college football. So then why are we talking about it? I don't know, because we got to fill the time. All right. 
Speaking of Army, speaking of your pals at Army, uh, Army ran the ball 67 times for 397 yards against the aforementioned UConn Huskies uh, and completed three of their passes. Ran the ball 67 times, threw the ball three times. And with that 397 yards they racked up, 14 different players rushed the ball. That's unbelievable. Normally, it's a bunch of different receivers catching the ball. Why is it unbelievable, Rob? Because 14 people rushing the ball, it's unheard of. That's almost like you gave it to anyone. That's a great coach. He's giving everybody a chance. They said to the guy, the the trainer, (laughs) hey, you want to run the ball a couple times? Against this team? If you're UConn, you might as well just pull up the stakes and say we're done playing college football. Wait, what was what was what was the McKay quote you had at the top of the week last week about giving OJ the ball? Oh, he said um, it, it's not that heavy and he doesn't belong to a union. There you go. That's you why go. they're all getting the ball. Um, Florida State is zero and three. If you had said at the beginning of the season, Florida State is going to be zero and three, you probably wouldn't have believed it. The last time they were zero and three was the first year that Bobby Bowden was coach. In 1976, America turned 200, and Florida State lost its first three games. After that, they went on, you know, the run, of course, that Bobby Bowden took them on that we know. Um, Memphis, which actually beat Mississippi State last week, didn't run a play against Mississippi State until there was 3.15 left in the first quarter, and it led the game 7-3. to It was winning 7-3, to and they hadn't run a single play until the first quarter was almost over. Again, unheard of. They were waiting for the best it was commercials. A fumble they were waiting for all the commercials, the best commercials Probably. they could see them, and then go. And then here's my favorite. The Presbyterian University Blue Hose. Now, that's H-O-S-E. Whoa. H-O-S-E. That's Whoa. their name. How long have Not they been H-O-S-E? around? apostrophe yes. How long have they been around? Presbyterian? Long enough to know better. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They lost 72 to nothing. Now, you would think when you lose 72 to nothing, there'd be a punt or two. They punted (laughs) once. Because the philosophy of Coach Kevin Kelly, no relation to murdering uh, Brian Kelly or Chip Kelly, for that matter, his strategy is never punting, only attempting onside kicks, and going for it on fourth down. The only time they punted, they were at their own two-yard line and figured, rather than just walk it in for a touchdown themselves, we'll actually punted away. They actually won their first two games 84 to 43 and 68 to 3, but in the in the game against Campbell, they lost 72 nothing. And they don't that's what they do. They don't punt. They and this only after go- this after crushing TBD 68 yes. to 3. The Campbell suit. How did that happen? Was well, is that a that's a pendulum swing there. So there you go. Hold Just on a, a second. Little- Hall we're not leaving the blue hose here for a second. Okay. What conference? This is the Pioneer League. Where the hell is this based? Who knows? No, Good I want to know. Hold on. Where is oh. this mediocrity? No, that's that's talk about mediocrity. Oh my God! The first week they beat St. Andrews eighty-four to forty-three. That's what I was just saying. They won eighty-four to forty-three, then sixty-eight to three, and then lost to the Campbell Soups sixty-three. No, seventy-two to zero. Seventy-two to zero. Sorry. Oh my God! The- what happens next week against Dayton? Um, but one more nugget for you in those two games, they didn't punt, attempted 13 onside kicks and went for it nine times on fourth down 13 onside kicks. Some teams in the NFL don't oh, do that many dude, in the season. Hold on a second. The pioneer. What? 
the hell's going on? Look at these teams. Dayton, Moorhead State. Is that in Carolina? Yes, Moorhead State. That's where um, the great Phil Sims was. Like, these guys are going all over. They're playing I think more actually Morehead State's in Tennessee. Stetson? Morehead's in Tennessee, I believe. Well, the hell's wait, um, did the we quarterback? Talk about Valparaiso last year? Where's that? Valpo? Isn't that Indiana? Marist? Where's that? St. Thomas, great, Minnesota. Marist. What, these guys are, the, how, wait, are these guys traveling by bus? Because there's Marist, a lot of traveling the, going on here. The great Rick Smith's NBA legend went to Marist. <laughs> The fly on oh no, was the Flying Dutchman him or Rick Detlef Shrimp? I think he was the Flying Dutchman, Rick Smiths. I know Honus Wagner was the original Flying Dutchman, but you know I digress. Presbyterians uh, Ren Hefley sets FCS record after throwing ten touchdowns for St. Andrew. Ten? T- how come this guy's not on ESPN? Right, but then the next week, seven interceptions <laughs> against Campbell. So no, I'm serious. Know. What kind of a league is this? Okay, so Presbyterian is the it, like barnstormers. You know, the barnstormers, the baseball teams used to travel around the country playing pickup games for money. That's what Presbyterian does. Don't care if they win or lose. They just want to play some ball. And I would imagine they have a big Partridge family-style bus to travel around the country like they do. Maybe not to San Diego. But any school whose nickname is the Blue Hose, it's fantastic. Buddy, every Maybe, week. All right, hold on a second. Every week. We have to check in on the Pioneer League. We have to do League. a Presbyterian update? Pre- no, but not only Presbyterian, but the Pioneer League and these scores right. in these games. I'm going to make a note, a note to myself. Each week. Because I'm telling you, that's one hell of a shit show going on in the Pioneer League. Pioneer League update. Okay. <laughs> we got to give the Honchos fans something that they don't get anywhere else. I'm telling you, I'm going to get myself a Blue Hose sweatshirt. If we're going to do the Pioneer League updates. It's not a bad logo. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's fine. They have very basic and understated sweatshirts. That just Presbyterian, say well, you're, 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 what's Presbyterian? Is that a religion? That's, what's that's your, that's your side of the street, pal. That's one of the branches of the Protestant faith. Oh, okay. So yeah. there's like probably statues all outside the stadiums. I'm sure. Well, no, they're not heavily, that heavily religious. <laughs> Maybe they have a but statue of Ren Hefley. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, does Ren well, Hefley have a brother named... We're going to find out more about this week. Does, does Ren Hefley have a brother named Stimpy? Oh. Thank you. Hit the bell. Hit the bell. I, I did. Oh, I I'll be here all week. Okay, I was, There's another bell I was laughing so hard, Robert. But Okay there, Paul. <laughs> oh. My Good God, stuff, was, man. See, so you learn funny. shit here. You, you do learn shit, all right. <laughs> well, there's a lot of shit going on in the Pioneer League. Mother of God. 68 to 72 to nothing. With no punts. Again, how is that possible? Sorry, one punt from their own two-yard line. You could sort of have to punt at that point. We got to get. We gotta interview somebody. Like the guy who, does, who calls the games for Campbell. You know, get we can on. get our... We can get our crack sports honcho staff on that. How did Campbell shut out Presbyterian after Presbyterian put up 68 points the week before? That's an excellent question. They scored, let's see, 86, 84, and 68. So they were 100 and, well, that's a lot of points. I, <laughs> I can't even add that much. It's like 150 points. And then the next week, Big Bagel. 
which was my nickname in high school, by the way, Big Bagel. Really? It was a little, it was a little insensitive. Right. Kind of culturally insensitive, but maybe you know. could be, yeah. You know, it was better than my other nickname, the Schmear. <laughs> yeah, so Big Bagel was a little more family friendly. All right, you're my good rap name too. I was the fourth member of the Beastie Boys, Big Bagel, but they only had enough money for three people to travel, so I got left at home. Left you, you off know. the ro- left you off yeah. the royalty sheet. Yeah, it's a sad story. All right, are we uh we leaving college football, baby? Are we done? Thank thankfully, yes. Yes, Until next week. Until next week from the Pioneer League. Yes! Can't wait. We're going to do a show live from Marist. (laughs) Neat the statue of Rick Smiths. Time to go to the rinks. Not just yet. Well, they're starting this weekend. The camps. The hardwood. Some hardball. Some hockey. Oops. And baseball, baby. We'll see you for hockey right before the Stanley Cup playoffs. (laughs) Woohoo! Clap your hands, everybody. Oh, yeah. What's happening, baby? Fun time in baseball. We touched on it a little bit last week. Wild card races. Winding down. Less than 10 games to go here, Rob. How the Nationals doing? How the Orioles doing? Oh, uh, buddy. The Orioles, we know how the Orioles are doing. The Nationals are sadly going to not lose 100 games, which makes me sad. Did I? I didn't. Co- oh yeah, you're not on the Facebook, so I couldn't copy you on something. No. So you ever hear the comedian Vic uh, DiBattetto? No. He's a funny guy from Jersey. So he'll do. Uh, I'll send you a couple of links. But he does. Okay. He does his own uh, post game for the Giants and the Yankees. Oh okay. Guess what he calls the Baltimore Orioles? I can't wait. I'm sure the it's very holes. flattering. He calls the them the Glory Holes. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, baby. So where do you want to start, man? You it doesn't to... bother me. You know, it's bad enough watching them on the field. I don't need any, anything else you say is just, at that point, just tinsel on the Christmas tree of shame. Oh, that's tell, a good one. Please tell oh. me you've been to a few games at Camden. Since, of course, knucklehead. <laughs> well, one I thing don't not... know. I mean, you, there's the beautiful Navy Stadium in your backyard. You don't go see that. Okay, hold on. Listen. The stadium, the Navy Marine Corps Stadium is fine. It's not Camden Yards good. Okay, it's not even in the same neighborhood. Yes, the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium has a, a Blue Angel in the right there in the front yard, just hanging out. But it's not anywhere near what Camden Yards is. Now, is it a hole in my resume that I've never been to a football game there? Absolutely. I'd love to go to an Army-Navy game one day, just for the pomp and circumstance. But, you know. What Again, are you waiting for? What are you I'm, waiting for? I'm waiting for the uh, for Don Rickles to be the opening act. So I guess oh, I'm oh. I guess I'm doomed All right. on that respect. All right. Speaking of doom, can we start with why the NBA is a total shit show? Well, I I wasn't not, aware that they were a not, shit show. Not on the court, mind you, but off the court. There's two stories that are out currently. One that uh, the trade that the Wizards and the Rockets made that brought John Wall to Washington or what. Russell Westbrook to Washington sent John Wall to Houston. Now the NBA is taking a giant eraser and just erasing it as though it never happened. Just taking 2021 completely off the books. And Ben Simmons of your Philadelphia 76ers has said, I'm done playing with them. I never want to play for them again. Shades of James Harden last year, speaking of the Rockets, before he went to the Nets. And I say it's a shit show because only in this league, only in the NBA 
can players under contract, I might add, who have just signed contracts that are well in the beginning stages of a long-term hundreds of million dollar contract can leave, can demand to walk. The power struggle in the NBA, such that it is, is so unbelievably lopsided towards the players. The owners pretty much roll over and do whatever they want because the players, first of all, the players get guaranteed money, which is the case in baseball, not always in hockey, certainly not in football. They get these giant guaranteed contracts. And the NBA, like no other sport, is a star-driven league. People don't know many of the players on all of the NBA teams, but they know who the big stars are. They follow the big stars. So it doesn't matter if James Harden goes from uh, Houston to Brooklyn. They know him. They follow him. The Houston fans are now Brooklyn fans. So the players say, we matter. The teams don't matter. Certain players matter, and they dictate who goes where. And until some owner says, hey, you know what? You're under contract. I don't have to play you. You don't have to play for me. All I have to do is pay you. And whether you play or don't play, I still am obligated to pay you. So you can just park it and zip it. Plus, as soon as a player like Ben Simmons says, I don't want to play, you have to trade me, his trade value goes right down the crapper. And no other sport. Look, Ben Simmons has four years and $150 million left on his contract. Four years. If, now, you have to ask yourself, after the playoff run that he had, does anybody really want him? But that's for another time. The point is, he's asking to leave. And Philadelphia is already making calls and inroads to getting rid of him. Because they have to, just like with James Harden. If an owner really had some sack, some cojones, I know, how dare I? He would say, you know what, fine. I'm going to pay you. We got a costume for those guys, by the way. I I knew. It's just, you know, the the old skeleboner. Here's your skeleboner, Ben Simmons. I have to pay you. We have to pay you. We, the Philadelphia 76ers, we have to pay you. So we're going to put you on the bench. You don't want to play? Fine. Enjoy. Take the next four years off. Because, again, we have to pay anyway. And then let's see where your career goes after four years of inactivity. When you've sat like a petulant child on the bench for four years. Now, obviously, that's crazy talk. I know. But until the owners in the NBA say, look, we need to get some of that power back. Contract negotiations always go the players' ways. There's less of them, I know. But it's so top-heavy that the teams can't afford to have their best players, their biggest stars, their brightest lights sitting on a bench. And so they get pennies on the dollar for these players. And, you know, leagues become, the league becomes just a team full of barnstormers, which is fine. You know, it's entertaining. Sure. It's not my money that's being spent, but we see this a lot. Look, Deshaun Watson tried the same thing, you know, before it was legal problems, of course. He said, I never want to play for Houston again. And Houston said, go fuck yourself. Because they can do that in the NFL, because there's, it's not about the players, it's about the teams. It's about the jersey sales, it's about the merchandising. So I said, you're going to sit and rot, you signed a contract, you just signed a contract an hour and a half ago, the ink is still wet, we're not trading you. And then, 
the whole massage thing happened, and then Houston said, well, maybe we're a little hasty on the go-fuck-yourself part. And now nobody wants him because he's completely toxic. The point is, this doesn't happen in the NFL. It doesn't happen in Major League Baseball. It doesn't happen in hockey. It happens here. And that's why the league is, you know, falling apart. Not falling apart. I shouldn't say that. But the league looks ridiculous. As soon as the player signs a contract, an hour later, he's like, no, I don't want to play here. I want to join, you know, let's say LeBron James in L.A. Or I want to sign Jordan Giannis in Milwaukee. Or wherever. Wherever they want to go. Except to Washington. Which, which managed to somehow get rid of that giant albatross of a contract that John Wall had. Got Russell Westbrook. Good times. We thought Westbrook and Beal down here in Washington. Great. And now he's gone. He's with the Lakers. And now Wall wants out of Houston. So what are we doing here? Anyway, that was a lot of soapboxing on my part. Feel free to discuss amongst yourselves while I rehydrate. Well, he's, he, he, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the feeling that uh, this is a bad thing. It's not great. Not great, Bob. As they said on Mad Men. But the league has been operating under this premise for quite a few years now. Yeah. I think just fan. I think I think NBA fans are pretty much kind of used to this shit. I mean, I I get your frustration. I mean, you're you're a guy like me. And we're we're the older guys, right? So we're used to you know guys like Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. And, you know, you can go on and on about guys staying with their teams for years, building a core around something, and you know, sticking through thick and thin. And and usually head coaches stick around for a long time too. But and it and it's kind of creeping into other sports a little bit. Maybe in just in, in you know a smaller kind of a. Serving, you might say. Yeah. Well. But the money across the board, especially in the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball, it's just, I don't know where they get to. How the heck was, how did MLB operate, hand out those contracts with no fans in the stands? (laughs) I mean, it's insane. It's the magic box of television. Well, you there know, you go. I mean, but still, I mean, no concessions, no ticket sales. No. You know, everybody was what, buying sweaters and jerseys to wear in their house. Hey, uh, they were just preparing themselves to then be reunited with each other in the stands so they could, you know, dive into frontier justice. Look, I'm not upset because teams aren't staying together. I'm not the biggest NBA apologist or fan. It's fine. It's okay to watch, especially at playoff time. I just. The league looks stupid. You know, as as a sports fan, I don't want to see a league look stupid because they've built this ship that, you know, operates in such a way that players can sign a contract today and an hour and a half later, they leave. And the bigger picture here is other sports start to look at what the NBA is doing with the guaranteed money and the almost limitless player movement. And then the sports that you really like and that you really care about they start to say, well, why can't we do it this way? How come we don't have the same kind of power? Well, I think we we talked a little bit about the negativity about this as far as the business plan for the NBA. So you take the Bucks and the Suns in the finals this year, okay? And you take those two teams, a couple of big stars, um, 
and maybe there's not going to be two changes. And then we we looked at you know also the, the the playoff system that they used this year too, coming out of quarantine and all that other stuff. And we we talked about you know, and this is going to be interesting going forward, especially this fall with hockey coming back, with the NBA coming back. Uh, Major League Baseball has pretty much gotten through its whole season. Not too many COVID issues and everything else. Fans back in the stands, they're pretty much going to get the whole thing in here. And, um, you know, they move on, and then they've got the CBA, which we've talked about, and that'll be a, a whole other issue with the money and everything else. Good luck. NBA, <laughs> yeah. So, the I mean, the NFL, too, we want to talk about them um, coming back here. But the NBA, you know, with, with these guys jumping ship, you know, and it starts with, a, I mean, you know, the, our favorite team that we're going to talk about this year, you know, which is the uh, the L.A. Lakers, you know. So, I mean, that's 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 going to be our thing here this year. Still old. Yeah. Still old. Still old. And it's, you know. It's, Still getting it done, allegedly. Yeah. LeBron James debuted the number six that he's going to wear again. Leaving 23, going to six. The way he wore in Miami. Now think of all the fans who bought those twenty-three jerseys. He doesn't. They're co- they're collectibles now. Collectibles. Well, that's why he couldn't wear it. He couldn't change before it because he had to wear it for a certain amount of time because of the deal with the apparel companies. They have so much product they have to move, and you agree to keep your number. It's some complicated scheme where he couldn't change when he wanted to. He had to wait until enough of his product had been sold, or he wore it for long enough. I don't know. It's Again, the NBA, they have their own rules. Exactly. They're their own ecosystem. It's all money. But anyway, the league, obviously, if they see their billions slip a little bit, you talk about TV and everything else, this last NBA Finals, you know, the time is going to tell as far as them going forward. Because nobody really, like I've always told you about this, and we say it all the time, nobody gives a fuck what you think. These guys don't care. Nope. You know, LeBron doesn't care. About changing his numbers and all that other stuff. And as far as his business model and these guys, that's the owners. You know, do they take this thing personally about, you know, these players leaving? The only thing I'll bring up on this, Rob, is I guess the core of the, the players. The, so there's the haves and the haves not. If that playing field gets thinned out a little bit where there's more have-nots and, there's, and, the, and, the, haves, and the haves are just running the whole show... No. I mean, why the hell do you want to play in the NBA unless you're going to be this superstar guy who can sign a $100 million contract or something like that? Other than that, you're going to be no. some bench guy, and you're not going to play. You're not in the but starting five. What's the point? Even even the bench guys, though. I mean, the money that's being made, and you know you can sign a contract today. You're an owner. You sign a contract with a player, and you expect them to at least, you know, I don't know, stay for the length of the contract. And then you wind up just getting rid of him for pennies on the dollar because he's devalued himself by asking for trade demands. Unlike the NFL. You know why the NFL will always be an owner's league? Just in the next decade, the next 10 years, the NFL is looking at over $100 billion just in TV money over the next decade. So if all their players walked and they brought in a bunch of high school players – and put them in the professional uniforms, nobody would care. They would still come, watch the games, pay money hand over fist. So the NFL says, you know, do whatever you want. We don't care. You want to quit? You want to sit? Doesn't bother us. We own Sundays. We own Thursdays. We own Monday. It's not like that in the NBA. 
The NBA players say we're going to walk, then the owners start to panic. Because, and also, it doesn't hurt that you can see the faces in the NBA. You can't really see the faces in uh, football under a helmet. So people root for the jersey as opposed to players. Yes, you have your Mahomeses and your Bradys, but the vast majority of players are pretty much anonymous. They just We just want to see the uniforms bashing each other into locks on the frozen tundra. So... There you have it, folks. Wish I had a better, you know, we had a happier ending for you on this one. Well, Not a Bob Craftian happy ending or a Deshaun Watson happy ending, but, you know, a story that ends well. well can anyway. We, can we do a little just Lakers nugget here real quick? You know, Please. We're going to be nuts. talking about the Lakers here uh, all season long. Uh, this is from uh, Sports Illustrated here. Um, some, I, I think the fans get a little upset the direction that the franchise is going. Especially with the age here. But this is the latest thing. Recently, the Lakers were linked to giving Darren Collison a look at their training camp. Collison is on the other side of 34 years old. And of course oh, he is. He hasn't played a minute in the NBA for over two seasons. Still, you know, Collison has some upside based on his last season's numbers. And giving him a look was not terribly. Look, J.J. Uh, Redick just retired. He's 37. So look for the Lakers to give him a call. Uh, after the All-Star break for the stretch run. What's that He's big a... guy? What's the big guy on uh, the, does the, the games for uh, Portland? Commentator. I don't, the commentator for Portland? I don't yeah. know. He used yeah, to play used for to Portland. Play, or he used to play for the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, Bill Walton? Yeah, get him in there. No, what is he? He's pushing, what, 60? So what? <laughs> yeah, who cares? 70, actually. He's going to love LA. Played for UCLA... Until 74. So, yeah, he's pushing 70. Wow. Wow. Give him a tryout. We're all so old. Well, he's too young. (laughs) (laughs) They don't want him on the team. Lakers are going to be fun to watch this year. They will win it all. Yep. And whoever's unhappy on their team, if they're struggling, LeBron makes a phone call. Hey, you're not happy over there? How many years left in your contract? Right, exactly. Come on over. Find find somebody who wants to play somewhere else, and they'll make it happen. They always do, especially if LeBron is greasing the skids. All right, pal, over on the ice, uh, training camp start this weekend. Pretty much all the teams have released their rosters. Everybody's vaccinated, and they're ready to go here. And uh, you must be really upset, man. So Daniel's not coming back to the camp. I was just going to say, your brother must be euphoric because he's an Islander now. (laughs) The Z-Man. I I don't know. (laughs) I mean, how do you get? Were you euphoric I'm, when? Let me ask I'm, you this: I'm being, Were you I'm being sarcastic when no, Daniel came sarcastic. to the Capitals? Hey, he played. He didn't play half bad last year for the Caps. Well, anybody I mean, can. Yeah, anybody can play good endorsement. in a fifty-six game season, and percentage of the games are against the Devils and the Buffalo Sabers. I'm just looking forward to eighty-two games, regular schedule. You play everybody. Play your own conference. Play the other conference. It's going to be great. And all these chasing records, man. Yep, he sure is. We can uh, we can we can do a deep dive on him as where he ranks as a goal scorer later in the season as we follow his progress. But again, we're not going to talk about hockey until there's like ten games left. So this is it. (laughs) This is our hockey preview. Good night, everybody. Drive home safely. All right. Okay. That's it. That's all you got on hockey. You don't want to talk about hockey at all, huh? 
Not really. It's yeah. come on. It's football season. I'm done. I'm done with baseball. Well, I was done with baseball in April. <laughs> oh, all right. After wait, after the O's swept the Red Sox to start the year three and O, and since then they've won forty two games. All right, Yankee fans, we're losing three two so far. It's not good. They have to win every goddamn game rest of the game the rest of the way. Uh, as far as the wild cards going on here, uh, you know it's uh, pretty fun stuff. Tampa Bay's got the X now against their uh, their name there in the standings, so they're in. And. Uh, I have a I have a morsel on the wild card. Please give it to me. But but I wanted to wait. It's not it's more than a morsel. It's just a commentary. Milwaukee's commentary. in now joining San Francisco and the Dodgers. Uh it won't be long before Houston and Chicago White Sox are in there too. And then like I said, we'll just watch the uh, wild card races. Uh this time next week when we come back, there'll be about five games left and we'll go from there. But go ahead, give us your nugget. And well before we get to that, just quickly, uh Major League Baseball will require Managers, coaches, athletic trainers, and other non-playing personnel to get the COVID-19 vaccine in order to gain access to the field and other restricted areas in the postseason. Good. Any staff member who is currently unvaccinated but wants to retain access to the restricted areas during the postseason may do so if they receive one dose of the Moderna vaccine prior to October 4th and have a second dose scheduled, sources added. The first playoff game, the American League wildcard game, is scheduled for Rocktober 5th. So... I say good for that. Let's uh, listen. If you don't like it, tough. Get vaccinated so I don't have to keep wearing a mask all day in class for eight hours. Okay. On the wild card front. So we know that in any other division, pretty much, the Giants or the Dodgers would be in first place, comfortably in first place. We love, you and I, we love the one game wild card playoff. Okay, decide who goes to the divisional round. This year, however, there's been a lot of, you know, the narrative is, oh, it's so unfair. How could, can baseball make an exception because, you know, the Giants and the Dodgers are going to win 100 games apiece and the Dodgers most likely, maybe the Giants, but one of those two teams is going to be a 100 card, 100 card, 100 game winner on the road as the wild card facing Presumably, I would uh, whoever the other wild card team is, um, maybe on the road. Actually, not on the road because it's, they'll be the higher seeded wild card team. Anyway, they're upset because they're going to have to play a one game playoff after winning a hundred plus games. Oh, the humanity! The hand wringing, the teeth gnashing about the poor. I'll just say San Francisco Giants. Could be the Dodgers. We'll see how it all ends up. So I said, because I have no life, oh, let me see. On, so let me see. Just, yourself. Let's see just how unfair this is. This is not something that happens all the time. The system is not broken. It didn't fail just because we have two teams who are historically good in the same division. So just a little history for you. Until 1968, it was one team in the American League and one team in the National League, and they played the World Series. There was no... There were no playoffs. The World Series is the playoffs. From 69 to 93, no wild cards, just two division winners. 94 to 2011, one wild card who had the privilege of playing the team with the best record in their league. And then from 2012 to now, two wild cards. We'll take out 81 and 94 and 2020 because they were truncated seasons. So I did a little digging. 
to see, you know, how like often. Like the shoveler in Mystery Man. Shoveler. Exactly. To see, yeah, there we go again. To see how many times somebody's won 100 games and either missed the playoffs or got the shaft when it came to the wild card. And yes, the first team I came across was my own Baltimore Orioles in 1980. 100 games, missed the playoffs, finished in second place. 1983. San Francisco won 103 games and missed the playoffs. The only team to really get the shaft, 2001, you probably remember this, the Oakland A's won 102 games and had to play a wild card series against a 95-win Yankees team. Oakland only had two home games as the wild card team and lost that series three games to two. Uh-huh. Okay. 2018, your Yankees won 100 games and you won the wild card game at home over 97 win Oakland. Okay. Now, before anybody gets too upset about the plight of the Dodgers or the Giants, let's I'm remember. Not upset. What, By the way, I'm not one of those people. Let's remember what life was like before 1968. Yes. 1909, the Cubs, 104 wins, no playoffs. 1915 Tigers, 100 wins, no playoffs. The Bums, the 1942 Brooklyn Dodgers, 104 wins, and this is in a 154-game season, no playoffs. Your 1959 Yankees, I know you as a kid growing up, you loved those 1950s Yankees. 103 wins, zippy playoffs. 61 Tigers, 101 wins, no playoffs. And finally, the Dodgers, now in L.A., in 1962, 102 wins, no playoffs. So, yes, a team with 100 wins is going to play be a wild card team. It doesn't happen often, and they're still going to get the home field in that wild card round because they have the better record. So everybody can just shut it on how, quote, unfair the wild card round is to a team that won 100 games. There will be no exceptions made. Just win more games. Hey, you know, there at, you least, go. at least 100 – these 100 win teams get a chance – they get a chance. The teams you, know, you, you know, mentioned, great, great teams, great seasons, and they got they got nothing back then in the, in the old days. Right, exactly. They should be happy that there's a chance to – look, nothing worse than winning 100 games. It doesn't happen very often. When I look back at all these records, the 100-win team, teams made the playoffs. And in the second place, you know, 90, high 80s, low 90s. It's so rare that you get two teams in the same division, in the same league that have 100 wins. And when it does happen – you know, lately, you still make the playoffs. Again, we can go back to 1968, if you want, where it was one team per league. And if you won 100 games and came in second, oh, well, sorry. Exactly. Better luck next time. So zip it, America. I've done the research for you all. It's not a big deal. doesn't happen all that often. And when it does, we just say, you know what? That's what makes baseball so much fun. It is. Now watch. I mean, it's especially today. I mean, it's so many cities, so many fans get a chance, uh, you know, to get involved with this. And, of course, the owners and the, the networks now, there's a couple of dream matchups they're looking forward to if, if it's a one-game, yep. a one-off here. So, look, it works, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, and if you're a younger generation baseball fan, you've been, let's say you're 20 years old, you know, you're living this with this for a while now. I mean, us – Old timers, like I said, if you, if you, you know I mean, your season could be done in June, <laughs> right? You know? And let's and, and let's let's be honest. 
if the the Dodgers are the wild card and they play Cincy or St. Louis, uh, are we really worried that they're going to lose in a one game playoff in Los Angeles? Probably not. No. Plus, they've got so many pitchers, they can afford to throw a Max Scherzer out there for the one game playoff, and and you know use him again in game three or four in the first round in the divisional playoffs. So you know, again, let's let's pump the brakes on all this. Woe is us. Although it's not the Dodgers or the Giants are saying that. It's the sports media, the chattering class that's doing the woe is me thing for the Dodgers. Let's not have a bake sale just yet for the Dodgers or the Giants. Nobody at the Athletic, though, right? Everything's going to be okay. Of course not. Okay. Why, why are we – all? Of, look, we're really pushing hard to get the Athletic to sponsor us. Good publication, man. We'd love to be part of the Athletic Podcast Network. So if you're listening out there, that's haunt shows with an H. Bring the bell. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Thank you very much. All right, before we move on, do you want to talk about Ben Simmons or no? I did talk about it. I lumped him in with John Wall. Ben Simmons is the one who wants out with four years left in his contract. We got Ben and John. It was a twofer. It was a twofer Tuesday on a Wednesday. You sure you don't want to talk more about Ben Simmons? No. That's really what I wanted to know. My throat hurts now. (laughs) All right, coming up next week, we'll have more on Ben Simmons. For those well, ben of you. Simmons, uh, we'll have the Ben Simmons updates and the Pioneer League updates. <laughs> It'll be great. What's Ben Simmons doing this week? Was Ben Simmons watching the NFL this past weekend? I'm sure he was. What else? He's not working on his shooting. Ooh, cheap shot. <laughs> Do you know who Ben Simmons is rooting for in the NHL this year? I imagine not the Flyers since he wants out of Philly. What are Ben Simmons' thoughts on the MLB? What I want to know is, what's Ben Simmons... Wait a Simmons... second, let me finish. What are Ben Simmons' thoughts on the MLB wildcard? Oh, God. I want to know what... No, really, what... My real question is, what's he wearing right now? That's what we all want to know. Ben, what are you wearing? Well, does he, uh, does he like to go trick-or-treating? <laughs> the real question is, Ben Simmons, is he Donald Ducking around his house even as we speak? Has Ben Simmons seen Don Rickles and Frank Sinatra live? No, I don't even know if he does. I don't even know if he knows who those gentlemen are. Or, I'm sorry, who they were. All right. We ready to go to the gridiron, buddy? I am. All right. Maybe we can talk some more Ben Simmons. Oh, God, no. Woohoo! Ah, yes. It's Paulie's favorite segment of the show the National Mediocrity League, ladies and gentlemen. Where all the good stuff happens. And uh, Rob, actually, every week now, he would like us to start with this. Al, you old son of a bitch. How you doing? How do you feel about that call today? I mean, the Dolphins, fourth and three play on their 30-yard line with only 34 seconds to go. How do you think I feel? Betrayed? Bewildered? Wrong response? I'm not sure. So there you go. Take it from the top. <laughs> Great flick, baby. It is. The birdcage. I highly recommend it. All right, let's take a run through week two, shall we? And again, the same disclaimer as week one. Week two, too soon to make any sort of proclamations about the league. There's 17 of these now, not just 16. All right, uh, in no particular order, the Chargers. Lost to the Cowboys on a 56-yard field goal by Greg the Leg Zerline. The Chargers are going to charge her. As they used to say about Manny 
oh my god, I just went, I, my mind just went blank. Well, on I'm, Manny. I'm used to that, and you're used to me, so. On Manny Ramirez, wow, I just had a total senior moment. As you say about Manny Ramirez, just Manny being Manny, it's just the Chargers being the Chargers. Still finding ways to lose close games too. Well, there was late a bit of controversy in the game, wasn't there? Two late touchdowns nullified by offensive penalties. Tisk, tisk, tisk. tisk. All right, what a difference. Let's stay out west. What a difference a week makes. Chandler Jones, five sacks in week one. Bupkis in week two. Jameis Winston, five TD passes. Five TDs on 20 passes in week one. Two interceptions and 111 yards on 22 passes in week two for a sterling quarterback rating of 26.9. That's not good. When high, the, a perfect rating is 158.3. So 26.9, not good. Not good at all. So that is why you can tell precisely Dick Ola from week one. Dick Ola. That's a very technical football term, Dick Ola. Or week two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 14, 14, 15, we'll 16, call you. 17. We'll call you. Right. We'll call you in December for more football news. All right. Sam Darnold. Another big game Sam for the ben. Panthers. You know, the joke is now, maybe the Jets should have drafted a guy like Sam Darnold. Maybe the joke Matt is Rule, the Jets. The joke is always the Jets. Yes. Well, you know, you, I have the Orioles. You have the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I am not a Jets Just fan. end the I season, baby. Jets fan. Ever so since maybe, Joe Namath left, I've stopped yep. rooting for the as, squad. As the great Tony Kornheiser says, the Jets have one highlight in their whole history, and it's this. <laughs> And I'm, for those who can't see, it's it's pointing your finger in the air like Joe Namath running off the field. Colts have never been the same. Three. So Sam Darnold, maybe the Matt Rule, Joe Brady combination, head coach, offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, the same guy who had much success with LSU and Joe Burrow, is what he needs, what they both need, actually. The Panthers now have the perfect quarterback for their offense, and having Christian McCaffrey, of course, does not hurt. And Darnold may have found the team to justify his first-round draft pick status. Maybe this is a marriage made in heaven. Again, I know they're 2-0. It's two games. They go 3-0. They then maybe we, Who are they playing this maybe we start to think they have turned the corner. They play the Texans tomorrow night. Oh, my God. Oh, the Texans. All right. <sighs> uh, the bonus babies, the one and two top quarterbacks picked in this past draft, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, threw six interceptions between them on Sunday. College and pros, mighty different games. Now, I'm not saying you should give up on either one of them. It is, after all, two games into their career. Uh, The ship's sinking, though, in Jacksonville. Things aren't that great. Look for Urban Meyer to fake an illness and bolt for the University of Southern California. That's my bold prediction. At some point during this year, the, ooh, my heart, or as Rodney Dangerfield said, ooh, my arm, Something's going to happen, and he's going to retire for health reasons and then resurface in Southern California. And the Vikings. Oh, the Vikings. Sad face. The Vikings ought to petition the league to play without a kicker. (laughs) How many games can the Vikings lose on special teams collapses? Ever since Gary Anderson and his epic choke in the 1998 NFC Championship game, it seems like no team has been more snake bit by kickers than the Vikings. And yet, the people in the heartland of Minnesota will still find a way, my friend, to blame Kirk Cousins. Yes, I know. Dope of the week a few shows ago for his refusal to get vaccinated and his cone of silence approach to social distancing. 
But it's not his fault that people fumble and that kickers miss. Easy 37-yard field goals. Well, you could say that about every team. Cousins, you know, I will take, as a, as a Wolfskin fan, I'll take 72%. You know, every, every team that loses a game to special teams turnovers could say the same thing. True, but Kirk Cousins gets all the hate and you none got of the got something love. for Kirk Cousins, man. Something real bad for him. Because I think he's he's first of all I, he's he was our he quarterback. Just went on a rant about wanting we to be able to take the rail. mask off at school, and now you're blowing smoke up the ass at a guy who doesn't want to get vaccinated. Because he's he's the girlfriend we ran out of town on a rail. <sighs> you are you are seventy two percent completion percentage. Man. 595 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions, a 112.9 rating. And yet, this is the guy that we threw over the side for old one-leg Smith, Dwayne Strippergate Haskins, Ryan Fitztragic, and, of course, Taylor Heineke, who may turn out to be pretty, pretty good. But for now, still none of them have done what Cousins has done. Uh, the game of the week, of course... Was the was the thrilling, and I do mean thrilling. I know you don't think it's thrilling, but I, I was think going to say thrilling. there so was does, actually a game of the week. So does my son. The Ravens thirty six thirty five come from behind victory over the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. The story is not the twelve point comeback in the fourth quarter. The story is not Lamar Jackson's jump ball TD pass to Hollywood Brown in the third quarter. The incredibly balanced offensive attack, two hundred and fifty yards passing, I'm rushing. Excuse me, two hundred and thirty yards passing. It's not that Lamar Jackson finally beat the Chiefs. It's not that the Chiefs under Patrick Mahomes finally lost a game in September. No, it's none of that. It's the gutsy, dare I say, fourth down call by John Harbaugh late in the fourth quarter. Up by one point with a minute five left on their own 43, Harbaugh went for it on fourth and one. Jackson got the first down, game over. There's been a lot of chatter about the analytics saying this was the right move. Bullshine. There is no analytics here. It's all context. You know what the analytics is? The analytics is Patrick Mahomes. The analytics buster, Patrick Mahomes. You, no matter what the stats say, no matter what the odds, the percentages, the numbers, if you have the choice to hold on to the ball or give it back to Patrick Mahomes with any time left on the clock, you keep the ball. Because you know if you give Mahomes and the Chiefs any time, doesn't matter how much field they have to cover, they're going to score and tear your heart out, just like Tom Brady. You leave him any time left at the end of the quarter, he's going to find a way to score and tear your heart out. And that's exactly what the Ravens did. They kept the ball. They made the choice. Analytics be damned. Whatever the odds were, it didn't matter because you got Patrick Mahomes staring you in the face. That's the analytics buster, Patrick Mahomes. So, great game. Good for the Ravens. Good for Lamar Jackson. Good for my son, President of the Ravens fan club. Okay. Next week, here are the big games. It's not the Texans and Panthers tomorrow night. Uh, the Bears and the Browns play Sunday at 1 o'clock. The first start in the career of Justin Fields. Dalton nursing a, a hurt knee, but Coach Matt Nagy says he's still the starter. When healthy. I'm sure he won't be saying that if Fields goes out and has a hell of a game against the Browns. Uh, the Bucks at the Rams, your Rams, 4 o'clock, a preview of the NFC Championship, maybe. Maybe we see these two teams again in the playoffs. Packers at Rams, 8 o'clock Sunday night football. Which Packers team is going to show up? The team that choked 
against the Falcons. Packers, I'm sorry, against Rams, the Saints. The Packers are playing the 49ers. Let's say Packers. I'm sorry, Packers 49ers. Is it the Packers team that got obliterated by the Saints or the team that stomped on the face of the Detroit Lions, which seems like they always do uh, this past Monday? And then finally, Eagles at Cowboys. That's your Monday night game. The two teams most likely to be duking it out for the NFC East crown this year. I know shouldn't be saying that with my own wolfskins in that division, but I've seen enough now to know that they're two scary teams. Whatever problems they had last year with on the Eagles, they seem to have found themselves. The defense always great. Jalen Hurts with Nick Sirianni as the coach. Maybe they found something. Now they've gotten rid of the always injured now Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, by the way, after two games with the Colts, he has sprained not one, but both of his ankles. That's not easy to do, sprain both your ankles. Kind of hard to run around and throw the ball when you have two sprained ankles. And there you go, buddy. That's well, your look, NFL recap. I um, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lions' new head coach, Dan Campbell, said they were going to yes. break legs. Bite kneecaps. Bite kneecaps. That was an epic dope of the week rant that he do, had. Do whatever it takes. Lay it all out on the field. Yep. Bring it home every week. They're owing to. Yeah. Not a lot of kneecaps being bitten. Uh, they're, really, they're far from home at this point. They can't even see home from where they're standing. But, hey, it's going to be entertaining. I will tell you that Jared Goff, who, you know, he's a meh minus as a quarterback. You know, I kind of feel bad for him. I hope he finds it in, in Detroit. But, you know. If you're a there's got to be something under the stadium that makes players sign there. Well, he was traded there. He had well, no choice. And by the way, what's with the all-white uniforms, which they haven't worn since the 50s? Get that not? shit out of here. Why not? Come on. win anything. Oh, they certainly want they a lot They got to make money somehow. I guess. It's white uniforms. It's, just, it's appalling. You know, teams that rarely ever change their uniforms... I should do a deep dive study on this since, again, I have all the time in the world. Seems like teams that change their uniforms the least have the most success. That's just a theory of mine. I can't actually prove that without doing some research. Like I was watching the game, the Packers and the Lions, I'm thinking the Packers, their uniform has never changed, ever. I mean, it's changed a little bit. But in the Super Bowl era, going back at least as far as 1960, it's been the same. And, you know, they've won a bunch of titles and a bunch of Super Bowls. They have a throwback uniform every now and then, but the Broncos the Broncos changed their uniform and they um, won championships. Your pals, the Buccaneers the changed Bombers. their uniforms and they won championships. Who? The Bucks. Yeah, they changed well. their uniforms. I miss the old orange guy on the helmet. I miss Bruce the Buccaneer. Yeah, or Buccaneer man. Bruce, whatever they call him. Look, your pals, the New York Yankees. What are we up to? Twenty-eight championships. Not a lot of change on the uniform, right? You don't, you don't, you don't change championships. Of course not. What about the the, the hats? But I mean, your argument is, I mean, the, there's a lot. The of Canadians' teams. uniform hasn't changed much, and they've got what a billion Stanley Cups. Yeah, but they haven't won anything since '93. So, no, oh, okay, still, they got a lot of hardware. I mean, a, a lot of teams that wear red, white, and blue. Let's just think about this for a minute. Yes, it's been a long time. I mean, well, actually, no, that's wrong. See, see, the Capitals won recently. Yeah. 
Rangers last one in 94. The Habs, like I said, haven't won since 90. What other red, white, and blue teams? The pa- well, Patriots. You all see the Patriots all. They changed their uniform. And look at all the success they had. In fact, that was a major, major deal there. Yeah. That's why I said I haven't done any research. It just feels like. Yeah, you certainly haven't done any fucking research. It just well, I came up topic. with it while we were I came up with it while we were sitting here talking because it just Sorry. seems to me that teams that have that can't win on the field like well, we'll just change our uniform wouldn't it be see if anybody notices wouldn't it be something if Dan Campbell and Goff and East Detroit Lions find a way they're never in white play. unis this year <laughs> no. I, okay I tell you what I, I, for everyone that's listening if <sighs> Dan Campbell and those dopey white uniforms win the Super Bowl. Uh, I will eat a Lions jersey. Why this year? But this year you have to eat it at while Dan wearing the skeleton no, costume. No, no. While watching Dan Campbell's post game victory, I'll be right there. I'll be. He can even bite my kneecaps if he wants. <laughs> oh too much. Again, was it week one? Was Week three. Uh, We're in week three. Yes. Coming As up. the mediocrity week rolls three starts, on starts tomorrow night with the not Deshaun Watson led Houston Texans and the Carolina Panthers. Deshaun Watson's still in the garage. So good luck. The Raiders are 2 0, buddy. The Raiders. The Raiders. I God help him if Darren Waller gets injured because that only seems the only person that Carr will throw to. <laughs> But they look like the, the Raiders of the 70s. That aerial attack, that vertical passing game, it's like Al Davis came back from the dead. And it's not John Gruden coaching, but it's Big Al. And are, not you sh- his- are you shocked at the Bengals and the Titans being one and one I'm shocked that they got so manhandled by Arizona. Um, and that Cincinnati... Don't answer the question. Joe I'm Burrow, not being serious. Joe I'm Burrow not being serious, Rob. What? <laughs> I'm not being serious. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So you ask me these questions, I'm going to answer them. I take it's football two very games. Two games. All right. I know. Look, everyone, once again, we won't talk about any team, any sport until it's two or three weeks left in the season. Oh. You all do your, you know what? Do your own analysis, everyone, and we'll come talk to you at the end. You don't need us. We don't do, why don't we do all the heavy lifting for you? You just, you know, analyze it yourself, and then we'll correct you whatever mistakes you made at the end of the season. Okay? Okay? The free ride is over. No more free lunches. <laughs> We're not going to slavishly go through every single week, every single game, just for you all to go, I don't like it. So, you know hey, what? Can I ask you questions? Do can your ask- own homework, and we'll talk. The two of us will sit here, and we'll watch and talk to you, you know, at the end of the season. Can I ask you a question? No. If I was able ask- to get, if I was able to get cousins to come to your school to speak to your students, would you be down with that? I'd be wearing the Skeleboner costume. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's not vaccinated yeah. now. You sure you're gonna? <laughs> I gotta wear a mask anyway. What do I care? <laughs> All right, folks. It's time. Oh! Dope of the week. Look at this. That's awesome, dude. Fresh out of the oven. This week's smell it from here. Ah, smells like dopiness. Hey, everybody. 
The Gags Gang and I, as you know, spend countless hours, more of the Gags Gang than me, if we can be honest. They do the work, I do all the reading. Spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying gratitude and respect, help pilot the show by nominating your own Dope of the Week. Use the hashtag DOTW on Twitter, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos, at Ghost Sports Media Co. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week cup around the ice rink of shame this week? Speaking of football, Aaron Jones running back for your Green Bay Packers. <laughs> this past Monday, Jones's Packers beat the Detroit Lions 35-17. It was the first game for Jones at Lambeau Field since last season ended with the Packers' loss to eventual, eventual Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31-26 in the NFC Championship game. It may have been a special game for Jones because Jones scored four touchdowns on Monday night. It may have been a more important game because the Packers got a much-needed win after a week of hand-wringing and teeth-gnashing over the future of the Pack coming off the 38-3 boat racing at the hands of the New Orleans Saints. But what truly made this game meaningful for Jones, however, was this was also the first game for Jones at Lambeau Field since the death of his father this past April. Aaron's father, Alvin Jones Sr., died of COVID complications at age 56. Aaron Jones was used to seeing his dad in the stands at every Packers game, so for his first game at home since Alvin's death, Aaron wanted to pay tribute to his late father on the football field. Now, did Aaron write his name's his dad's name on his cleats? No, sir. Tattoo? No, sir. Headband that said Alvin? No, sir. Super sky point after one of his four touchdowns? Again, no, sir. So how exactly did Aaron Jones pay tribute to his late father? How many guesses would you have to make before you got to... Carrying his late father's ashes. That's right. Carrying his late father's ashes. Now, before you go searching YouTube for clips of Aaron Jones sprinting with gazelle-like strides down the frozen tundra, holding his dad's urn aloft, slow your roll there, Sparky. Aaron Jones had Alvin's ashes and a football-shaped medallion around his neck. Now, honoring his dad does not make Aaron Jones the D.O.T. dubs. It is wonderful that he wanted to pay tribute to his pops, and this was certainly unique. But what makes Aaron Jones the dope of the week is that he lost the medallion running into the end zone. Fortunately for all involved, a Packers trainer found the medallion later that night. But come on, man. Wearing jewelry on the field seems silly enough, especially when players are sporting their necklaces or earrings worth tens of thousands of dollars, if not more. But your dad's ashes, the rings, earrings, necklaces, etc., can be replaced and easily replaced given the salaries the players make. But a medallion filled with the ashes of your late father seems like a one-of-a-kind item to me. Maybe you should have worn the medallion to the game and then left it in the locker room. It would be like dad was a member of the team for a day. Honestly, Aaron, you could have put fireplace ash into the medallion and no one would know. The ashes would symbolize the actual ashes. No one would mind. Speaking of which, when asked about potentially losing the ashes of Papa Jones, Aaron uncorked this gem. If there was any place to lose it, that's where my dad would have wanted me to lose it. So I know he's smiling. 
No, Aaron, your dad is not smiling. Your dad would not be happy if his ashes wound up on Lambeau Field only to be picked up by some mouth-breathing, knuckle-dragging Packers fan. How would Big Ooh, Daddy... that's not nice. They're all... Uh, trust me. How would Big Daddy Alvin feel if his ashes ended up on eBay, listed by a seller who goes by the name <laughs> Me So Hornig? Sometimes... Oh, my goodness. Sometimes the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Sometimes it is paved with the ashes of a loved one that you decided to wear while being in the equivalent of 60 minutes worth of car accidents. Looking back, the four touchdowns would have been a hell of a tribute. Let your play on the field be the monument. Just ask another former Packer, Brett Favre, who had one of his best games after his father passed away on Monday Night Football, I might add. Perhaps Aaron Jones should stick to honoring the living. It is much harder to lose the living than it is the dead, unless they're zombies, of course. Yikes. So, Aaron Jones, for making an ash of yourself, and making me tell that joke, for not understanding the concept of honoring the departed, and for clearly taking advice from Oedipus on how to honor your father, you are the Sports Honcho's Dope of the Week. Congrats, Aaron. The certificate is in the mail. What? Go ahead. That was a nice thought, though. Nice gesture. Oh, now, it was, I, so it was, is. Is, was he a little guy? That all the ashes are in his medallion. I, I'm, I'm sure it's a scoop of ashes into this little into this medallion that was, you know, small. But still, why are you wearing it around your neck on the field? Now Running you said in, they he, found they found it. Did they were the ashes still intact? Or was the medallion opened and? No, no, they found the whole thing intact at like two in the morning in Lambeau Field. But which, by the way, that means somebody had to stay there. After the game was over for two or three hours, combing through Lambeau Field, hmm. I just—I mean, I mean, yes, it's—he's not the dope of the week because he wants to pay tribute to his dad. It's just—it's a nice gesture. What are you doing wearing it on the field? You, your job is to run into people for sixty minutes. You're a running back. People are trying to tackle you, grab at you. Things get lost. Things get jostled. And you got this big ass medallion with your dad's ashes in it. I don't know. Good thing well, his dad. Was, good thing his dad wasn't buried in a coffin. Who knows what he would have brought to the show? Well, now you're really getting out of you. So, out of hand. Oh, but look, I'm glad. I'm glad mean, they found it. All is yeah, well. Yeah, it's a happy well. ending. Yeah, so to speak. But it's pretty dopey. It is pretty dopey. Pretty dope. Yeah. So. That's why we call this segment the Dope of the Week. Sure. Packers won. One and one, right? Yes, sir. One and one to the big showdown with uh, San Francisco. Two and oh, San Francisco. Frisco's two and oh, baby. Yeah. Well, they should be in that freaking stadium that they freaking built for them. You mean Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara? Yeah. Or are you thinking about SoFi in Los Angeles? No, I'm not thinking about so far. All right. <laughs> I'm thinking that, about that, Ben Simmons. That Levi Stadium's like like a decade old at this point, so I'm not. I think they got used to it. I think they're it's good. Not, is it really ten years old now? I think it was. They were played there when they went to the Super Bowl in 2012. Now, ten years ago, they said it was the most modern stadium in the world. That's the same at every stadium except FedEx Field, which stinks. God, what a what a what a rat hole that place is. Well, speaking of FedEx Field, a couple things before we go here and say goodnight to everybody. A couple things I'm, I want to bring up. I just want to uh, uh, throw out Yes. 
Real quick. Uh, if you haven't, uh, there's a fantastic documentary on Muhammad Ali on PBS. Ken Burns, filmmaker, his daughter, and uh, her husband, I believe. It's brilliant. So, Oh, uh, 2014, by the way. That's when Levi Stadium was, was open, 2014. Yes, I've heard, I've heard good things about the Ali documentary. It's fantastic. You learn a lot. A lot of things I didn't know. Now, may I recommend a documentary also? And I've only watched the first two parts, but if the first, the second two parts or anything like the first two parts, it's riveting television. The uh, Once Upon a Time in Queens, the documentary on the 86 Mets, it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Fan. Yeah, we're finding out now, like, if they hadn't been all coked up, there still wouldn't have been a championship since 69. No. Bad. It's a little. It's a little. See, more I, than when that. you say Queens, I thought you were going to talk about coming to America too. Oh no, I've I've stayed away from that movie. <laughs> As you really? said, the Yankees don't change their uniforms. Coming to America doesn't need a sequel. All right. And uh, you know, we're talking about Presbyterian. Uh, what was their team name again? The Blue Hose. Well, that's H O S E. Have I got an idea for the Here Washington Football? <laughs> Club, the blue, ho- the red hose, the red hose, the, baby. The, there you go. The go Washington hose. red hose. Go hose. <laughs> there you go, buddy. I like it. Too bad. Too bad. Still Don have red. Isn't with you it. have you'll have two parts of your old name, Washington red. But instead of the racial uh, insens- insensitive name of skins, of skins, we can have the equally insensitive name of hose. hose. It's too bad. Don Imus is no longer with us because he could. We could relitigate his nappy-headed hose remark, and he could say, "Look, I was talking about the Washington football team, but he's dead." So who I cares? don't know. Think about it, baby. Washington Red Hose. I like it. Let's go, hose. I like you, Mister Cuny. You're my favorite honcho. I, I think I'm, I'm third place out of two. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm That's in the it. top three. It's a wrap. Episode forty. We're going to have a long discussion this week to decide whether or not we want to go to 50 before we go to Season 2 or we wrap this up as Season 1 and start, you know, Season 2, Episode 1. Make it like a Star Trek thing. We'll see what happens. But until then, from yours truly, Mr. Paul Cup in New York, thank you so much for listening. And as always, Mr. Cuny, say good evening to the good fine folks. Listen, everybody, we're done now. It's your turn to watch the sports for us. And we'll talk to you at the end of each season. And we'll compare notes. Or maybe not. You'll have to tune in next week to find out where we stand on this. So everybody, have yourselves a great week. Be safe out there. Be nice to each other. Give each other a hug once in a while. You see Willie Mays and his family. Make sure they're safe. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. And as always, peace. Hot shows are out, baby! <laughs>